0: K-A-L-W.
1: I counted 49 family members that that I've lost. It's not even including friends and people that I've known in prison.
0: When you're serving time in prison, crossing difficult milestones can be different.
2: When somebody passes and I get that news, I'll usually go find somebody close to me in prison, a good friend, and we'll sit there and, and I'll give all the good memories of what that person taught me.
0: Today, we hear some of the ways incarcerated people cope and give back.
3: Every project that I completed made me feel a sense of accomplishment. So I wanted to introduce this to the rest of the population because I couldn't be the only one that is feeling this stuff.
0: Stories from our award-winning series, Uncuffed. I'm Hanat Baba, and this is Cross Currents. Today, we're bringing you stories from KALW's series, Uncuffed, made by people inside San Quentin and Solano State Prison. Our first story is from San Quentin, and it explores this question. What happens when someone close to you passes away, but you can't go to their funeral or grieve with friends and family? That's the case for many inside prison. Reporter Greg Eskridge has this story about incarcerated men dealing with the death of their loved ones.
4: man, I wonder who's going to be next. I wonder how many more people I'm going to lose. The thing that I like to do the most is to make sure that I always remember who they are and remember their memory. My name is George Coles Eel. I'm better known as Mesro. I've been incarcerated for nearly 10 years. And since then, I've lost 17 people. I like to write down everything that makes that person great. Then next, I usually write a poem about that person and that poem is usually full of love and compassion and full of the good things that they did in their lives and it helps me to keep them in mind. It helps me to remember how great they were and my life is better for having known them because no one ever dies unless you forget them.
2: My name is Juan Carlos Mesa. I've been in prison for 21 years and in that amount of time I have lost a lot of family members. One of the traditions that I hold is when somebody passes and I get that news, I'll usually go find somebody close to me in prison, a good friend, and we'll sit there and and I'll give all the good memories of what that person taught me. Maybe get some pictures out and look at those with them. And what this does is it memorializes uh, the person I love in a good way and also makes me feel better. And also, I feed that good energy to that person for when they pass on to the next life, they could take those memories with them. That's kind of a tradition that we hold. And uh, it's helped me make it through a few passings since I've been incarcerated.
1: My name is Richie Morris, and I've been in prison for 31 years. And in that time, I've lost 49 family members and countless friends and associates. Uh, I, I don't know the full number. What I used to do is when I would lose someone that was close to me, I would either get drunk, I'd make myself some whiskey and get drunk or I'd shoot dope in my veins or I'd smoke myself crazy with weed because I didn't want to deal with the pain. I didn't want to deal with the hurt. The fact of the matter is, and those that have been in prison for a while know that we can get anything we want in here. We can get anything, you know, if I choose, if I was to choose to go that direction. The difference is now I don't choose to go that direction. When I'm hurting, when I feel desperate, when I feel lonely, when I feel isolated, rather than go to my addiction or feed my addiction, I go to my music. Music is my medicine, it heals me. I had a friend, Tim Nantel, and uh, when he passed, I sat down and wrote the song that I'm going to do for him. It's called Till We Meet Again. Until we meet again I remember you, good friend, with deep fondness until then, and I hear you in the wind
0: until we meet again. That story was produced in San Quentin by Greg Eskridge in 2016. Juan Carlos Mesa is out of prison now, and last year he acted with the Marin Shakespeare's Returned Citizen Theater troupe. Richie Morris is out, too, and plays with the band Quentin Blue. You can find more information about all that at KELW.org slash CrossCurrents.
1: And this road we travel long Just an old familiar song Just the way it's always been I'll hear you in the wind Until we meet again
0: you're listening to Cross Currents from KALW News. I'm Hannah Baba. This next piece comes from Solano State Prison. Uncuffed producer Joe Kirk spoke to a former abuser who began teaching a class for people who've been violent towards their partners and families. And a warning this piece does contain descriptions of violence and abuse.
5: In my time in prison, I have noticed that a lot of the men around me are incarcerated for some form of domestic violence. Floyd Henley is one of these men. Throughout his stay, he has not only attempted to rehabilitate himself, but has changed the lives of many of the men around him. Domestic violence is something that we rarely used to talk about. What happened behind closed doors stayed behind closed doors. Here is a story. In the
6: beginning of each of our groups, we have an entrance. And we dedicate each um, group session to somebody. And I'd like to dedicate this to Sheila Vallon and Steve Phillips, my murder victims. Violence was something that I learned as a young child being exposed to it. Uh, Domestic violence is something that is learned. And um, most of the time it's in the family that it gets picked up. It's passed from generation to generation. I never thought of myself as violent, but the more I read about um, domestic violence and I go back and look at my past, I see where I used violence to solve situations. Anytime that there was a problem, violence was a, a way to do it. But violence was used after we tried the manipulation. A lot of times it, it, when I was trying to control Sheila, it was just, uh, I could do it with a look. Okay. Um, I could use my voice, tone of voice, and it, it was all about control. And um,
5: Could you start to notice the fear in her? Yes. You know, yeah.
6: I, I could see where I was able to control. And it was something that I had seen as a child. It's something that had been done to me, so I knew how to do it to the next person. Did you ever progress to physical violence? Yes. Slam Sheila against a wall, uh, hit her, hit Sheila. Yeah, you're, What you're doing is you're reenacting what was done to you as a child. And you know it worked on you, so you're doing it to the next person.
5: Now, after you committed these, these acts, like the aggression and the violence, uh, were you ashamed of yourself afterwards? Oh, yes. Uh, the, the shame sets
6: in, and that's where you go to the honeymoon stage Okay. where you promise it'll never happen again. That's when you bring the flowers. That's when you're on your best behavior. The problem is,
5: is that's just part of the lie. When did you decide to first get into the domestic violence classes that you're in? I knew something was
6: wrong, but I, I didn't know exactly what and then then i started taking psychology classes and started to learn that this was a a conditioned response from my childhood that i had watched it in both sides of my family my grandparents i had extremely um, abusive grandfathers i had um, abusive parents and i saw the um, arguments and i saw violence And it started to really get on me that that had actually crept into my relationships as an adult, even though I knew it was wrong and I detested it, but it still came in. And I I wanted that out of my life. And the only way to do it was, I found out, was to go back
5: and I had to deal with the past. You guys are in uh, dorm six. Dorm six is kind of the uh, the dorm the groups are held in. Yeah. It has paintings on the wall. It's got right?
6: paintings. It's got murals on the wall. It's about 10 to 12 feet deep and about 24 feet wide. Okay. And we'll we'll have, like I said, a, a whiteboard behind us. It's got our agenda for the day and what we're okay. talking about. Okay. And we'll start off one person. will read out his homework. Okay. Whatever the subject was that day. And then sometimes we have questions, sometimes it's feedback, and sometimes it's just support. And it's really kind of liberating to see that men actually, when they get to the root of their problem, they become more relaxed. You can actually see it in their face sometimes, how relaxed they get. The group that I facilitate now, I'm the only one left of the original group. Everybody else has paroled uh, and it's amazing that so
5: far none of them have come back. Yeah, We're doing good there. That's the other thing I've noticed about your uh, your group is that uh, in the in prison you get a lot of uh, people are nosy and when a guy a lifer comes back from the board you find out whether they got a you know a, you know found suitable or not and a lot of guys that are in here that I've seen for domestic violence. Uh, that haven't taken your class or haven't taken a class like yours, the, boor- the board's always, no, no. But every guy that's taken your class, the board's like, okay, like, look, we're going to let him go. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> good job. <okay. laughs> it's so, doing good. <laughs> we've, we've had a real
6: good success rate. This is a long-term group. Most of the people that are being found suitable have been in it two, three, four years. And that's a lot of exposure. And the other thing is they're helping new members that show up. Yeah. And, you know, it it goes right back to that AA thing that uh, addict can best understand another addict. And they've been there, they've been at the bottom,
5: and they're trying to come back. After doing this story, I did a lot of thinking. Even though it is my opinion that Floyd has changed, there's still one thing we cannot forget about. This story is about Sheila. We can't forget about her or the senseless violence that other people like her have endured. If you know someone that is in a situation like this, do something because you never know if it'll be your last chance.
0: That was Joe Kirk speaking with Floyd Henley in 2019. Kirk was a producer in KALW's radio program at Solano State Prison. He has since paroled. This is CrossCurrents. I'm Hannah Baba. We're staying at Solano State Prison for the next piece. We just heard from Floyd Henley, the perspective of someone who's been violent towards their partner. Next, we'll hear about being the recipient of violence. About one in six male prisoners in the U.S. report being abused as children. Both Joey Pagawan and Spoon Jackson share that experience. And in this conversation from 2019, Joey talks with Spoon about letting go and about what he calls working with feelings.
4: I know how it feels to be whipped with a water hose extension cord and tree branch. I know how it feels to be threatened by my dad to hit me over the head with a hammer when I said I wished I was dead. I know how it feels at five years old to be slapped by my kindergarten teacher I was in love with. Like me, Joy uncovered his physical abuse and we both found solace
7: in the arts. We both thought beatings were the norm. You know, when I was younger, I was there was a lot of physical abuse and emotional abuse, and there was there was even sexual abuse. And growing up in the 80s and 90s, you know, most most kids got smacked around. So it's like, okay, not a big deal. You know, it's like, what happened? Oh my, you know, my pops hit me. It was it was accepted, but that really hurt me. I mean, there's there's a lot of shame that came from being sexually abused because it's it makes it's emasculating. You know, especially when you're a young kid growing into your teenage years. You know, you don't really know how to connect it. So what I did was I pushed it all down. I pushed it all down and it just turned into just a fire of hate within me. And that's what I sent out into the universe. I used to, I used to put on a mask what that mask consists of? you talking about on the streets or in prison? On the streets, it started on the streets. Um, you know, I was a different pe- person around my friends. A lot of anger. And I didn't know how to cope with that. Either I was, I only had two modes. You know, I, either I was aggressive or passive aggressive. You know, there was no in-between. And, I mean, I don't, I don't even know how the hell I held on to any of my friends. Because I was just a really, Nasty person. I felt like I didn't deserve it. I, d- I didn't deserve any accolades. I didn't deserve feeling good about myself. Why? Because you've done something so tragic
4: that you could never recover, that you should be sent down to Hades or something? That's what you
7: said? Yeah. It's, I've, I've done a lot of horrible things in my life, and I'm not sure if I'll ever be able to fully you make it. they're for saying
4: them. nothing human is <laughs> alien to anybody? So you learned
7: how to. What balance the darkness and light through your art? Is that what you Yeah, through my art, through my running, uh, coping. I'm I'm able to open up to people. I talk to I talk to people now. Uh, before I used to hold everything in until I just exploded with whatever rage I had. I I lived like that until I came to prison, and then when I got to prison, it got even worse. You know, complaining about everything, just being really bad to people, disrespectful, just not not giving a damn about anything but myself. And, you know, it's, I learned to suppress it. I suppressed a lot of it. And eventually when like Shakespeare showed up here and that the program started, I was, I, looked and just saw all these happy people and for the first time since I've been in prison I felt like hey I'm not in prison anymore Mm because you know we didn't talk about prison when we were in there we we talked about the stories that kind of told everybody's story you know Mm -hmm. because you know we all go through struggles and I found out that you know the guy sitting next to me he went through a lot of the same things I did and so did the other guy, so did the other guy. I mean, the details change, but the overarching story didn't. And it's, it was just really important that, you know, the, uh, the love that connected us was stronger than, you know, the opinions that separated us. We have a saying here, a lot of guys like saying, uh, so you're working with feelings now? And before that used to make me so mad, right? It's like, you know, what the hell did you just say to me? Now it's like, when they say, you working with feelings? I'm like, yes, yes I am. I'm working with feelings. I always work with feelings and you hurt them.
0: That was Joey Pagawan speaking with Spoon Jackson in 2019 at Solano State Prison. You're listening to Cross Currents from KALW News. I'm Henna Baba. Next, uncuffed producer Spoon Jackson brings us another story. This one about Carlos Munoz. Carlos had been incarcerated for more than 20 years when he finally found his calling crochet. At first, he was embarrassed to crochet in front of other men. He did his stitching while hiding behind cell blocks. But over time, Carlos brought out his art, and he shared it with the world.
3: One of the things about the more complex projects is that you have to follow instructions. Mm -hmm. If you don't follow instructions, of course, just like our lifestyle, we get in trouble, right? But in crochet, what, what happens is if I don't follow instructions my project begins to take a different direction, right? And it begins to shape differently. And mm-hmm. that's a principle that I actually share with the guys as well. My name is Carlos Munoz, and I am the coordinator and facilitator of The Rock, reaching our communities. Cochain. When I initially arrived to this prison, Solano State Prison in California, I found myself a lot of idle time. And I, I began to look for different um, hobbies, and I came across crochet. And that's how I started. I wanted to give a sweater to my mom and my sister. But initially, I was really shy. Yeah. I was really shy. I was kind of timid. And I used to hide behind the barracks, behind the bunks, and do it on my own. And do your crocheting? Do my crocheting, yes. So you think there's stigma behind uh, crocheting? Absolutely. Well, you know, at first I thought that, you know, this is a woman-dominated craft. How can I be doing it in prison? Especially, you know, the culture in prison. Hyper-masculine environment. An environment full of dominance. So... I figured, how am I going to be doing this in here?
4: Once you got the knack for crocheting, how did that make you feel inside?
3: It gives me a sense of uh, accomplishment, a, a sense of uh, self worth, because I'm learning a skill that I actually kind of was very timid to before. And every project that I completed made me feel a sense of accomplishment. Mm-hmm. So I wanted to introduce this to the, the rest of the population because I can't be the only one that is feeling this stuff. I never ran a, a crochet program before. I didn't have a blueprint for it, but I, because of the benefits that we can reap from this, I said, I have to figure this out. And here we are. We, I have two classes already set up, uh, 15 to 20 uh, participants in each one. We donate to uh, the Veteran Homes of California one in uh, one of the locations is in Yonville. The other one is in uh, West L.A.
4: I know your individuality and your individual art comes out in it, right? Mm-hmm. Where you do your yes. individual style. Yes. Yeah. Okay. And that's very important. Individual so, footprint. Yeah.
3: Right. And I'm glad you brought that up because I've looked into the effect of colors, right? What does each color invoke in a person? Mm-hmm. And the more brighter and vibrant colors that we come across with, because all we've seen is, is white and gray, Mm -hmm. And black, you know, darkness, right? Those are the primary three colors that we see in most of our time in in, in incarceration. So when you bring purple and you bring bright yellow and bright purple, orange, right? It's very vibrant. It changes the mood. And it could be happiness. It could be joy. It could be peace. It could be love, right? Through red, white, you know, purple, yellow,
4: because I know a couple of people that's in the class and they, they really enjoying it too and they come back and I see them in the day room over there crocheting and I say, yeah, I know Carlos. <laughs> yes. <what you're> <laughs> yeah. Yeah,
3: you know what? Everybody's came out of those barracks and they crochet openly in yeah. front of everybody else now and it's, and it's amazing for me because we have actually, at first, people will question themselves and the reputation of prison, of course, and yeah. said, you know, yeah. I'm going to, take this challenge yeah. and take the criticism as long as I'm able to give back to my community. One of the people who inspired me to give back has been Ellen DeGeneres, the show. Ellen DeGeneres? Ellen DeGeneres.
4: I <laughs> always yes. liked her. She cool.
3: Yes. She finishes she cool. off her program as being, uh, be kind to one another.
4: Yeah. So beautiful. I yeah.
3: began to do that and it's very powerful and it's actually healing when you become yeah. be kind to uh, somebody else. And the guys learn a lot. Yeah. They have learned a lot. It's a very forgiving craft. One of the, one of the things that I actually sh- uh, share with them is they make a mistake and they continue on, right? And they come back and they notice their own mistakes in the craft. And I say, you know, one thing, one beautiful thing about crochet is all you have to do is pull on the string and redo it all over again. Mm. But we have to be mindful of our mistakes. That's a great metaphor for life, too. Right? Absolutely. Yeah. And the thing about crochet is very forgiving, right? All you have to p- do is pull on a string, go back to where you made your mistake, and just redo everything all over again. You don't have to throw away the, the yarn. Inmates are now open-minded to, to the craft, and they're realizing that they've had the wrong perception on what crochet is. I've been incarcerated for 27 years, and I never imagined I would crochet myself. Not in a million years. Didn't, I didn't even have it in my plan.
4: It's something that lasts, you know, sort of like a painting or... Right. You know, so, or a poem. Yeah.
3: absolutely. So, a lot of the uh, stillness that the craft demands from from a, a person that crochets is something that an inmate has not experienced
4: mm-hmm.
3: in, in prison, or more so, you know, both worlds in, on, on the streets in society and, or in prison. I have never been still for three hours. Yeah. Or, or experienced tranquility. Yeah. Right? Calmness. Mm-hmm. I, I didn't know what that was.
4: And you see it in your students when you teach. I the see class. it
3: when they're sitting there for hours yeah. trying to create their project, and when they snap out of it, they realize, "Damn, I'm still in prison. I forgot yeah. about it." Right? It's time to it's time to clean up, guys. And they turn around like, "What? What happened?" One of the, one of the stigmas that we have in here is that most of us are stuck in our old behavior. And today, I can clearly say that we're not. From one day to the next, um, we went from our criminality to crocheting.
0: That was Carlos Munoz speaking with Spoon Jackson at Solano State Prison in 2019. Since that interview, Carlos was granted parole after 26 years of incarceration. You can hear more stories from people inside Solano and San Quentin State prisons on the podcast, Uncuffed. Uncuffed is supported by the California Arts Council and the Department of Corrections and Rehabilitation. The producers fact check to the best of their ability and all stories are approved by an information officer. Today's Cross Currents team includes Priscilla Na Ancra, Andrew Saint Singh, James Rollins, Ghanadi Joe Johnson, Victor Tense, Shirin Adil, Lisa Morehouse, Marissa Ortega Welch, Sunni Khalid, Nina Gensler Debs, Angela Johnston, Andrew Stelzer, Eli Wortschafter, and Ben Trefney. Our opening theme music is by the John Santos Quintet as interpreted by Dawood Anthony. For Cross Currents, I'm Hannah Baba.